Welcome to the Any Key Radio Show. I'm your host, Kenny Any Key Moore. This episode is going to be dealing with some issues we have as men. So it's called the Man Up episode. We have a special guest going to be joining us in a few minutes. But before he comes on, we always start to show off with some music. So let's get started with Yes You Can by Marvin Sapp.
can I know I will triumph over the enemy remember you can alright that was Marvin Sat with Yes You Can I got a special guest with me on the line. He's back again joining us. He's the guy I go to when I need some knowledge, even though I'm the older cousin. He's been schooling me lately. I got on the line from the Chill Time is Real Time podcast, Will Moore. Cousin, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on, man? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Always great to have you on the show with me. And oh, for sure, man. Yeah, sure. man. Just great to get your perspective. And so tonight we're talking about a topic. Um, I kind of bootlegged your your uh, off your show. I heard you talking about it, and I thought it'd be a great thing to share with my audience. And what it is is you were talking about something called toxic masculinity. And so I want you to kind of just share and talk about what that means and what. Um, how it's affecting us um, as men, both in the African American community and just uh, as men in general. Yeah, for sure. So, toxic masculinity is—it's just like it's, it's a pretty. Um, I, I'm finding it to be kind of controversial, depending on what circles which you travel in, and how I define toxic masculinity is um, any role that a man assumes. That is in fact like detrimental to himself, his spouse, uh, his family dynamics, um, and his community. Um, anytime you take on a role that is in fact not beneficial to your community, um, and especially your 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 home after your family, it becomes toxic. And we have there seems to be a big debate these days on like what is what is considered like true masculinity. What does it mean to be a man? How should a man, you know, you know, carry himself or whatnot? Sure. And so, and and, and so, it, it, it's very nuanced, and it can be sometimes I think it can be confusing for some people. And there's things like gender roles not put into there and everything. And um, but it, but it, you know, in fact, you know, I, I find that it's something that's very ingrained in our society. Because I, I don't, I mean, I think that you would agree that you know, overall, we live in a very like a male dominated society. Oh, 100%. Right, right. So a lot of the, you know, laws, rules, everything that are in place were created by men, putting men, um, putting men on, you know, in, in, in leadership roles, even when it's, when, it's not, when it's not necessary. I mean, even the Constitution, you know what I'm saying? All men are created equal. It excludes, excludes women, you know what I mean? And women didn't get the right to, really didn't get the right to vote or, you know, and, and, you know, until like several hundred years later after, or, you know, several hundred years later after the Constitution, you know what I'm saying, there's a woman's suffrage movement. And so, when we, you know, as we, you know, get deeper and talk about toxic masculinity, um, what I find very interesting about it is it's usually um, roles that are defined for a man to walk in or, or, or step in and carry out. Um, for him to be validated as being a true man. And oftentimes what you'll find is those those rules or those guidelines that are that are uh, laid out for men to follow about how it's like to be a real man or 
or how a man should, you know, conduct himself in his home or out in public and society at large are often created, those boundaries are often created or expectations are often created by somebody else who can't live up to those demands, can't live up to those standards themselves. And so let me give you an example. Okay. Like, for instance, uh, for instance, that the man always has to be the one that, you know, goes out and works and brings home the, you know, brings home the dinner, uh, not, you know, not brings home the dinner, but makes some money, makes sure all the good things, stuff like that. And the woman stays home and cooks. Now, I'll argue that if that's an agreement within the household, right, if between, a, you, know, the, you know, a man and a woman, if they agree, the wife says, you know what, I don't want to work, I want to stay home. I want to take care of the kids, I want to cook, clean, yada, 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 and I expect you to go out and, you know, be, be the breadwinner. That's fine. That's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Where it becomes a problem, and where we see it being a case of toxic masculinity, is this is not agreeable. If it's the man coming in saying, this is my role, and this is your role. So when, when it's a man who's defining both roles and the roles of everybody in the house, um, without really taking anybody else's opinion in, in, uh, in account. So it um, sounds like... Go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it sounds like um, when there's not a, a clear communication between the two parties is where it becomes to the point where it's toxic. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's sort of like that. I'll go as far as to say, it's not... It's, it, I'm, I'm going to try to say it's not when there's like not commun- clear communication because you can be in a relationship that functions pretty, you know, that functions properly, and there may not be any necessary, necessarily toxicity to it. There may be some key confusion uh, as far as you know the relationships concerned because there aren't clear signs of communication. Where it becomes toxic is when roles and communication is forced or forced, or when communication. It's only coming from one side, and it's being ignored from us. I got so you. So, the man is only communicating what he wants and his desire, and what he believes should go on, but he's ignoring his wife's input. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So, I think the most important thing is, it's nothing wrong with identifying or making clear what the roles are going to be in a relationship where the problem comes in is when it's just one person talking. Exactly. When they're not on one accord. When, when they're not all on the corner and one side is trying to dominate the other, that's where you start to see the toxicity. That's where you start to see the things that force. And what we're starting to see a lot, and I speak in terms of the African-American community, is <clears throat> it really affects us. It really affects us in terms of <clears throat> we are so caught up in letting the outside world and society define what it looks like to be a man or how men should behave. That in fact we are so caught up in trying to like live by those these guidelines that we are actually advocating power over ourselves, power in our homes, and then power in our communities. And what I mean by that, power not meaning not necessarily meaning dominion over everybody, except for yourself. So, so somebody says, you know what, like um, a man needs to uh, a real man needs to be out working, you know, saying like two jobs and making sure. You know what I'm saying? Everything is taken care of at the house. This does that. You know, all the bills are paid. This, that, and all that. There's life needs to be in the house taking care of stuff. All right. So what if that particular man, what if his, his wife actually wants to work that contribute to the outside action? Right? But he won't allow her to do that. And instead, he wants to, he's working two jobs to do that. 
He's not even being true to himself. He's doing something that he doesn't even necessarily want to do when his wife is willing to step up and help out with that. But because somebody else is giving it and defining his role for him, he's advocating power over himself. He's not even in control over himself. He's letting somebody else's expectation control him. Oh, I totally get it. That, I totally get it. Yeah, and, and, and the ironic part about this, if you think about it, is as men, we like to say we can do what we want, when we want, say what we want, and, and this, that, and other, correct? Sure. Right. But we went for somebody else's definition of what a man is to behave like a man. Yeah, and it's it, that, doing that, in your example, that's causing you to be away from the home, away from spending time with your with your family, spending time with your wife, all because you won't allow her to contribute to the home. So actually, it's almost like you're right. cutting off your nose to spite your face. And, and I'll, I'll go as far as to even give you another example. When we see the world of, uh, like, you know, toxic man, that's something that's like, like there's, this, there's this myth out there that men shouldn't necessarily be involved uh, during their wife's pregnancy. That uh, men should be able to, the only way, the way that men should be involved in their child's life is with a disciplinary and the provider. That's incorrect, man. When you, when you, uh, um, when you adhere to those, you know, lazy definitions of what manhood and masculinity are, again, you, the only people who suffer from that, the only people that you, uh, uh, who have to deal with those shortcomings are you and the people in your household. You know what I mean? Like, what better provider, what better advocate can a, can a mother have for their pregnancy than, than the father of the child? And especially in the African-American community where we're seeing, where it's a bit, you know what I'm saying, it's a fact that's documented, you know, it's been documented, that African-American women do not see the same type of medical care and helping for, at least within the state that I live in, for black babies compared to white babies is four to one. So black babies are dying before the age of one year old four times uh, uh, you, know, you know, four times more than their white counterparts. And wow. that's because there are not enough advocates, you know what I'm saying, speaking up for, for, for black women and infant children. I mean, one of the greatest examples of this, one of the more publicized examples of this is Serena Williams. You know what I mean? Like how her, you know, medical practitioners were really ignoring a lot of warning signs and a lot of dangers with her. And how she, you know, she nearly died of blood clots, blood clots um, after giving birth to her baby and during her pregnancy. Wow. And so, yeah, and so, you know, along with this, you know, this myth of, you know, black women are strong and don't need help and stuff like that. And, and it is true, they are strong. And oh, they absolutely are. are. And they are, you know what I mean? And they are, you know, beautiful women. And they can't handle a lot. But that does not mean that all the, you know what I'm saying, when they're especially, or when they have medical needs, or when they're in dire straits, that we ignore that. That we just expect them to come through on their own. And that's in fact how a lot of the medical professionals are treated. You know what I mean? But if you go by, if you go by uh, some of these definitions of what, you know, masculinity are, which are in fact toxic, as a man, you're not even supposed to be involved in that process. And it's so, and the thing is, it's, it's so pervasive. It is, it circulates um, in our society so much, like I said, because it is a male-dominated society, that a lot of women don't even know they also contribute to male uh, toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? When, and it starts even, you know, uh, as we're children, like we've all heard the stories about you know, when a little girl falls, you know, the parents call her and pick her up and, you know, you know, uh, take care of her bruises and her scratches and they tell her it's going to be all right. But when a little boy falls, they tell her, quit crying, get up. Or, you know, 
take a deep breath, pump out your chest, stick your chin up, and, and we ignore the fact that, you know what I'm saying, like, men have, you know, little boys that make and develop feelings too and need to be nurtured in that fashion. That doesn't make you soft, the fact that you have feelings or that you need to, um, that you need to express yourself, express your emotions. You know what I mean? I think that's a great point. Yeah, that's a yeah, great place to, yeah. You know, comes into play with to that as with. well, where we have a lot of men who grow up and do not know how to express themselves um, to that significant other. They are partially there and not completely there. And I'll even go as far as admit, like, I have and do suffer from that, you know, um, uh, uh, a little bit myself. Like, I'm still learning to open up more, you know what I'm saying, and be more of a... Um, and express myself more emotionally. Because as, as you know, as men or as little boys, we thought we always have to be tough. And especially as black men, like, we have the added, added dynamic uh, that society loves us. We, every day we walk outside, like, we could be shot and killed for no reason, just, uh, simply because we're black. Simply because, you know, I mean, police officers fear us because with the big, you know, they're constantly hearing stories or narratives of the big black boogie man. You live in a state of uh, standard your ground. Correct? I do. A, a, a state where any citizen, you know what I'm saying, who has a weapon can, can allow to carry know, and, and shoot at any time and, and defend ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so, and so with all of that going on, like as black men, like we internalize that. You know what I mean? We think about that. We internalize that every day. So every day we walk around being hard, not letting our guard down. Feeling like we ain't gotta, you know what I'm saying, talk things out, feeling like we gotta be tough all the And what happens is we get into the, we get into relationships with our, you know, our significant others. And when they crave the whole the whole part of us, not just the intellectual part of us, not just the physical part of us, but also the emotional part of us, we're reluctant to give that to them. And then what we do is we wind up being in this relationship that's not completely fulfilling to both people, especially our spouse. And then we wonder why in the end maybe they turn around and they walk away or they stay in it, but everything, you know, the spark isn't there and it seems unhappy. And, 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 and the cycle does nothing but continue to assess with what happens is we have children. We have, you know, we have sons. And it just and gets passed down to the next generation. And so our sons begin to think that that's how we're supposed to behave and that we're not supposed to open up emotionally. And so when they get older, they be, you know, they, the cycle just continues. They behave the same way. Definitely. And our daughters, yeah, our daughters do the same thing. They, didn't know, they get involved with men who don't completely fulfill them, especially, you know, even on an emotional uh, basis or emotional, uh, uh, in, in that emotional realm. And then they stay in these relationships forever and happy, but they do so because, you know what? My dad was there, and this is exactly how my dad was. Um, and my mom was, and my mom stayed with me. My mom stayed in that relationship. And so we mistake being in happy, cohesive relationships for cohabitating a lot of times. For sure. So um, a two-part question, because um, we kind of dealt with that, the toxic masculinity and what it is. So uh, what are the signs of toxic, toxic masculinity? And then what are some resources that are out there that are available to get help if you do see yourself um, trending towards or moving towards behavior that that's toxic? That's toxic. I'll say one of the first most alarming signs, at least to me, um, is when you can tell that you're not being yourself. When you can tell that you're not expressing certain desires, a certain a certain needs, or you feel like 
you can't behave a certain way, talk a certain way, or do certain things because you're, you're a man. You are you, or that's being like, I'm not a man. Now, understand gender roles, and like I said, it's a nuance. You know what I mean? Like, they, it, it's society says, or in certain situations, certain cultures, certain religions, um, certain type of relationships. Behaviors you know, are taught. There are certain gender roles. At the end roles. of the day, behaviors are taught. What's that? I said, at the end of the day, behaviors are taught. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, when you feel like you can't be yourself, because the first thing that comes into mind is, is this, in fact, being what a man is being? Then that's that's one of the first signs to me. Um, another sign is is that within a relationship, if you find yourself, if you find that your significant other is unhappy, and it's because of forced roles that you put your significant other in, and you're doing it under the guise of that is their role and this is my role because I'm a man, that is a friend. You know, like that is a prime sign that you, the behaviors you're displaying are, come from, are rooted in toxic masculinity. Okay. So the second part, what, are, what uh, once someone identifies that they are uh, exhibiting these behaviors, what are some resources that they can use to get help? Honestly, there, uh, there aren't many resources out there for, for a man when it comes to addressing it. More or less, is that there's certain practices that you're engaged in to try to break the pattern. Okay. Because, you know, there, when it comes to... Uh, well, kind of talk know, about that then, the practices. For parenting classes, different things like that, or relationship classes, there's plenty of things out there for women, but not so not so much for men. Sure. So I would say one of the things is if there is in your community some sort of men's group that you can kind of get involved with, I, I would really, you know, think about doing that because in men's group, you know, first and foremost, men are more prone to let their guard down and express how they feel with other men. Oh, yeah. And definitely. we can't begin, yeah, we can't begin to fix what's, you know what I'm saying, like what's, what's, what's ailing us or what's wrong with us before we can act, before we even, before we admit. The first step to get it right is first, first thing we have to do is be real with ourselves. Once we real with ourselves, we can be real with everybody else, right? Sure. Right. So if you can get a part, if you can, you know what I'm saying, like get a part, be a part of some type of manager, whether it's something that's just randomly out there in your community, whether it's something that's a part of your church, whether it's your group of good friends that you trust and confide in, and start kind of talking, you know, to build that rapport with and start talking these issues out, then you can start to try to fix a lot of these issues and rectify some of these issues and see where the, see what, see where the root of them comes from. Is it, in fact, Society that it is society itself that you are giving these messages. Is it your significant other who's delivering these messages to you? Was it in fact how you were raised? You know, are those are those of where you're getting those messages from? And then once you're identifying the source of where you're getting those messages, it's a bit it's, it's now I'm telling to be like consciously aware of, you know, what I mean, how do I rid myself of that, or how do I catch myself and correct myself in certain things? So instead of you know, engage in a set of behaviors that you identify that you um, take part in that comes from a root of toxic masculinity. Starting to check yourself on that. You know what I mean? Definitely. Start to kind of reframe your verbiage, reframe your, your, your the way that you think about things, reframe the way that you um, approach certain situations, reframe the way that you 
uh, assign different roles or tasks or, you know, in your relationships. And once you are able to, uh, you know, take those different steps and practice them consistently, you can begin to tear down those different layers. Because what you'll realize, like I said, it's a layered thing. We, our, our society is ingrained in it. We are so, it, it's so pervasive in our society. All of us, as men, all of us suffer from it and, and don't even, to some degree, and even women, and don't even realize it. Because it's that pervasive. It's in our everyday practice. You know what I mean? And so we're, we're never going to, we're not going to get past that until we, you know what I'm saying, we can be real about it. We can start identifying it, and then we can constantly continue to check ourselves and how we engage. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing that you said was it's about conversations and having conversations with people where you can be real. Um, one of the great things that we do at my church or that, that you mentioned about men's group is uh, we have uh, what's called a man cave. So like over our men's uh, month, we literally had conversations where we talked about topics and stuff that we're struggling with and stuff that we're going through. And those conversations stay within those four walls. And I think that's yeah, what, important. yeah, that's huge because, you know, we could, as men, it's easy for us to talk about sports. It's easy for us to talk about women, but it's not easy to talk about ourselves and the things that we have problems with and the things that we're struggling with and having um, challenges Especially with. Especially relationships. Oh, yeah. A lot of us, a lot of us don't even know how to have relationships. Let's be frank. Because again, we weren't we're taught how. We weren't taught we're, how. We're talking about sex, but we're not no, about how yeah. to have a relationship. Yeah, and there's more to it. There's so many other factors and so many other variables that come with the relationship. And for me, the biggest part of any any um, positive relationship, any healthy relationship, is conversations. And I think as black people, uh, as people of color, African Americans, however you want to call it. The biggest problem that we have is that we sweep things under the rug and we wait until things get to level 10 before we have the conversation. Would you agree? Right. And then often when we're engaged in those conversations, like you said, it's at level 10, right? Yeah, so and all involved. emotions are involved we're, we're and you're out of control and you can't, yeah, you can't talk yeah, rationally. Yeah, because everyone's in their feelings. To, to, to have a rebuttal versus listening to understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man, this is, um, I'm glad we had a chance to kind of talk this out because I think it's something that needs to be addressed, especially in our community, between, between the divorce rates and the lack of um, fathers in the homes. All of those things contribute to, you know, the issues that we're having in our society. It's enough. We got enough challenges dealing with racism. But if we don't deal with the issues right. that we have within our own, you know, within our own units, then we're setting ourselves up to fail. All right. We got to take care of our own team first. No we doubt. Home team. No doubt. We can't expect for the visiting team to look upon us with any type of uh, grace or sympathy. That's it, man. You said it right there. All right, man. I appreciate this time, man. You, you, as always, you shed some light and some insight and you bring some knowledge you're always knowledgeable about the things that I get you on and talk about. So I appreciate the time that you came on and to join us on the show. And um, definitely um, plug your plug your pod, put all your information back out there, your social media, how everybody can get in contact with you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, 
take a listen to my podcast. It is Chill Time is Real Time. You can catch it on any platform that you listen to your podcast on, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, you know, we're on there. Um, you can, you know, yeah, I'm trying to catch up and listen to it there. Also, if you'd like to uh, send any comments or anything, or send, you know, ask ask me any type of questions if you're looking to be on the show, you know, have some critiques about my show. You can send me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com. Also, have an Instagram page. Uh, Chilltimepod uh, is the Instagram is the Instagram handle. So, um, be on the lookout for that. I'm actually uh, currently editing the episode now, I'm trying to get it out. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I need that logo. I, I got you. I promise you I got you. I just got to fix that background for you guys. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Thanks again for having, for being on. Oh, for sure, man. Love you. And uh, tell us all that I hey. Love you back. Will do. Take care. That was Will Moore from the Chill Time is Will Time podcast. I want to thank him again for coming on and, um, just doing a great job of talking about the topic of to- toxic masculinity. Now it's time to get back into the music. And we're going to get into now, It Will Be Alright by Alexis Spike.
got Jesus on my, I got that, I got that, I got that, I got that, I got that V I C T O R Y. I got no reason to fear. I got Jesus on my, I got that, I got that, I got that, I got that, I got that. I better get out of here before I mess up and start something. But slap somebody and tell them, here's my help.
That was Bishop T.D. Jakes in the Potter's House Mass Choir with Thou Art My Help. Kind of went back a little bit and grabbed that one. Now it's time to wrap up the show with the Any Key Music Moment. Have the conversation with your significant other, your family, or inner circle when you feel like you're heading to a bad place. Bottling up your emotions is a sure way of leading to an emotional breakdown. Once you break down, most times it's too late to fix the damage that gets done. Remove yourself from any toxic environments, and if you need to seek professional help, don't let your pride stop you from talking to a counselor, therapist, or life coach. Speaking from my own experience of seeing a therapist, I'm better from the time I spent in those sessions. If you don't want to speak to them, find a good church with a biblically sound teacher of the word, and trust God with your masculinity. Alright, that's it for this episode of the Any Key Radio Show. So until next time, Remember, be positive on purpose.